Welcome to the Colts Free Agent Preview Podcast, a look at some key in-house free agents this offseason. Now, here's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, from the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio. Welcome back. We're back at it here on the Free Agent Preview Podcast, our series on Colts.com and the Colts Audio Network. Thanks for joining in again. I'm joined in studio, J.J. Stangovitz, Casey Vallier along as well. Guys, what's going on? Casey, tell me something good before we get going. Tell you something good. I want to sing that song. Tell me. I don't I don't have anything good, It goes good. great with Matt. this, this I mean, big yeah. drum beat we yeah. got going on here. This is great. <laughs> Sounds like Mate, we're so You're factory. playing some bangers on this. <laughs> How about it? Yeah, this is a catchy tune, isn't it? Hey, we're talking about free agents. We're, we're down to business here. Brass tacks. I mean. We're getting serious. On yeah, the, we're talking Grover Stewart with some big drums. Some, I mean, that makes Makes sense, right? I mean, so that I'll, I'll give you that. Well, me saying what's up to you guys went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> so let's let's try to get better as we go on here. Next <laughs> time we'll start. Conversation. We'll start with yeah. JJ next time. How clearly. much is the polar bear weigh? <laughs> enough to break the ice. How are you doing? We're talking free agents here. Other than when that, was the last time you heard start. someone actually say, "Let's get down to brass tacks" yeah. in like a normal conversation? What are you doing? Like you're sitting down, you're like you're at a, a table, you're conducting a business How transaction. Let's get down to brass tacks. <laughs> let's get after it. I'm going to slide you over a napkin that has a number on it. Right, exactly. <laughs> Let's just start there. Exactly. <laughs> hey, me talking to my wife at the dinner table when kids are around, that's when you need to get down to brass tacks because you get like three minutes to you talk got, about yeah, serious that things. Might be, that might be a little much, too. Mm-hmm. Three minutes. Boy, you got oh, some, you got some yeah. well-behaved kids. <laughs> Absolutely. Everybody that has kids nodding along to that, right? All right, if you're new to our podcast series, this is what we're doing. These are uh, concentrated conversations except for the last three minutes. <laughs> on key in-house free agents for the Colts heading into the start of the new league year, which is uh, coming up on March 13th. So far, we've had previews on Michael Pittman Jr., Gardner Minshew, Zach Moss. Earlier this week, Kenny Moore the second. Check those out right now on demand on this channel. And today we're sticking with defense. We're talking about the big fella up front. As we said, Grover Stewart is the topic of conversation here today. Guys, before we talk about one of the biggest uh, unsung heroes on the team, for both of you, Casey, I'll start with you. When you think of Grover, what immediately comes to mind? Let's play some word association games here. Well, I mean, I would think the laugh is one of the things that first comes to mind and maybe the, you know, the sink wings that, you know, he's notorious for. But if you're talking about just on the football field, I would say it's just the energy that he plays with. You know, he clearly everybody knows about how great he is against the run and all this. But, I mean, it goes back to watching him in OTAs and training camp. I mean, he gives it 110% every time he's on the field. And for as big of a frame as he is, he always is going hardcore. I'm always, you know, Grover, he's just one of those guys. Everything about him is pretty infectious in the way that he plays football. Indeed. Kind of goes right along. Yeah. I, I think it's just like power. When you watch how he plays and the strength that he provides in the middle of that defense where yeah. there, there aren't many interior offensive linemen who can block him one-on-one. Right. But you kind of sometimes, you know, you the – Scheme of the run or the scheme of the play requires you to do that, and that's where he wins. Um, he's he's stronger than most offensive linemen he goes against, but he's also so athletic right. that he he uses that size in a way that is not normal for someone of his build, and that's why Grover Stewart is is one of the best 
interior defensive lineman, especially against the run in the NFL. No doubt about that. So the capsule on Grove reads, drafted in the fourth round, 2017, out of Division II Albany State. And like Kenny Moore, who we talked about earlier this week, he's hitting free agency for the first time. He signed a three-year extension in November of 2020. Grover Stewart ranks fifth in tackles among defensive tackles in team history with 280 of them. Sees a lot of double teams so that guys like Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed, those linebackers, can rack up a lot of stops. But Grover suspended six games this past season for violating the NFL's policy on PEDs and missed weeks 7 through 13. So let's pick up there with the suspension, J.J. Six games without Grover Stewart, the Colts' defense allowed 4.7 yards per carry, an average of 153 rushing yards per game in that span compared to 3.7 yards per rush with him in the lineup. The Colts also allowed at least 125 rushing yards in six straight games without Grover. That's the first time that had happened to the Colts since 2006. So it sounds weird to say, but did Grover's – absence strengthen his case in free agency because of those numbers the the yards allowed by the Colts when he wasn't in the game I I don't know if it strengthened it in the sense that like within the building here everyone knows how good of a player Grover Stewart is Um, I think you know it it might strengthen his case potentially to you know if he goes to unrestricted free agency to some other teams like man look at how look at how much of an impact he made on that defense and here's like a statistical way to show it right I mean, you look at the, you know, you, you rattled off some of those numbers, Mayte, but the Colts allowed more than four yards per carry, so 4.1 or higher, in nine games in 2023. Six of those came with Grover Stewart out, all yeah, six right. of the games that he was suspended for. Uh, if you look at some of the more advanced stuff on pro football focus, the Colts, without Grover Stewart, had a cumulative run defense grade of 39.3. That was the lowest in the NFL by 10 points between Week 7 and 13. With Grove in the lineup, they were at 75.4. That was seventh highest in that stretch. So, I mean, those are just two huge numbers. The the difference in that, you know, quibble with PFF grades all you want, but I think those also kind of sum up what we all saw. I think, though, internally, kind of like I mentioned, you know, Chris Ballard doesn't need these numbers to say, yeah, you know, Grover Stewart's a really good player. Right, right. You know, Grover Stewart doesn't need to come to the Colts and be like, look at how bad you were without me right. in there. We all know that. You don't need the numbers you put on the tape and you see it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, for unrestricted free agency, that's something certainly if he goes around to other teams, you know, his agent's probably going to have that stuff that we just talked about. You know, he's already got a folder on that. It's probably going to present it to other teams. I, I don't think it could be said any any other way. I mean, that's that's very well said because ultimately, as you mentioned, especially inside this building – not only just in the building, inside the locker room, everybody knows the impact that Grover Stewart has. You can see it from a statistical standpoint, but you also can just feel it from just the way the defense kind of runs. I mean, when, when Grover Stewart's out there, you know he's out there. And, you know, a, a guy like DeForest Buckner, I'm sure he's going to also be the one raising that flag on yeah. why Grover Stewart needs to come back because right. everybody just plays better when Grover Stewart's around. So I understand that completely. And, I mean, you talk about his importance here within the building. They all know that for sure. Yeah, and, it, again, you know, we can you know look at the film. We can bring up all the stats. But I think it's, it's clear that, that Stewart almost by himself is kind of the difference between a very good and a very pedestrian 
run defense, if you will, because his position is based on, as you said, JJ, you know, his physicality, his brute force, his strength. And therefore, I don't think that's going to be immediately replaceable, whether that's in free agency or the draft. And it's not like, you know, overnight coming out of Division II Albany State, Grover Stewart turned into one of the best defensive tackles, nose tackles in the NFL, right? It, it came, it evolved. It was got better between year two, year three, between year three, year four. So that being said, J.J., how hard would it be to replace Grover? I mean, who would the Colts turn to as of now in this defense? Would it be able to operate the same way without Grover Stewart? Yeah, I mean, you're looking at a young group of defensive tackle depth. Uh, behind him, you know, Eric Johnson, the second was kind of that guy off the bench uh, this year who played quite a bit. They had Taven Bryan in there. He's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And then at a Tommy Wyatt, a barre, uh, who's probably more of a three tech than he is, you know, kind of that, that knows one technique that Grove is. Mm-hmm. Um, so you would probably have to find someone to step into that role. Um, as for replacing Grove, you know, it, it, I think when you, you know, we talk about the team stats and all that, but when you kind of just isolate him and you look at some of the numbers that he had, like they are, they are off the charts good um, for a player who, you know, ha, like you said, Mate has grown year by year. You just look at his run defense grade by pro football focus, 77.3. That's the third highest among def- – or sixth highest, excuse me, among defensive tackles last season. Um He's making all these plays like right by the line of scrimmage. His average depth of tackle was 1.3 yards beyond the line, which tells you he's getting good penetration pretty consistently. And he's making just a ton of plays against the run, um, you know, where those those plays, it's not just the he stopped a guy for a three-yard gain. It's the right. he stopped a guy at the line of scrimmage. He's creating negative plays for an opposing offense to the point where you just say, you know what, we're probably going to just abandon the run because we can't win up front and Grover Stewart is in there. So you take that guy out and teams clearly were willing to just run it more against the Colts where they found success. That's hard to find. That's hard to replace in today's NFL. You can do it. You certainly can. But now you have to commit resources to figuring that out. Now, I'm kind of go off the beaten path a little bit here because I'm going to bring up a a hot button topic, especially around this time. When you look at mock drafts, I know everybody loves and they get all their their fair share of those by this point. But I thought it was a, a tip of the cap to what Grover Stewart means. When you look at this team heading into free agency, there are some people mocking the Colts with their first pick in round one to take a defensive tackle. I'm sure there's a handful of – but that just shows you the impact that a guy like Grover Stewart can have. And you talk about replacing him within this building, and that's where you do have those – you know, Eric Johnson gave you some really valuable minutes this year, especially when Grover was out, but you saw the impact that Grover can have. So it's definitely going to be some guys that if Grover leaves and they don't address that with a veteran or in the draft, there's going to be some guys that have to take a really big step up and play. You know, nugget-wise, you know, I usually, before the game, I usually talk with the other team's broadcast crew, you know, their play-by-play guy, their analysts or whatever. It's it's so fun to me because out of 17 games, I don't know what the number is. I didn't keep track. You know, we, we always go over like, okay, this guy's out, watch out for this. You know, we just kind of give each other things to right. kind of watch out for just kind of a, as a courtesy to one another. But it's funny because – 
you talk to these guys, like another team's play-by-play guy, and they'll say, yeah, I was talking to our head coach, or I was talking to our GM, and they just gush about Grover Stewart. Like mm-hmm. the guy yeah. the guy we got to get around, the guy we have to block up front is Grover Stewart. So I, I think he's getting noticed. He may not be a household name across the country just because of the – the position that he plays, but he's getting noticed around the NFL. And I think he might have some suitors on yeah. the open market, J.J., if, if it comes to that for Grover. Yeah, I mean, if you face the Colts in the last couple of years, you know who number 90 is. Mm-hmm. And the the other thing with him is kind of sneakily this year, he had the most QB hits he's had in any season. He had eight. Now, he, only, he had four sacks in 2022. That was a career high. But, he, I mean, the eight QB hits, he was still making an impact as a pass rusher, too, yeah. to the point where, you know, that's something that he's really brought along over the course of his career. You know, early on, he was probably a two-down lineman. Yeah. And lately, you've seen him take on, you know, the higher percentage of snaps. Um, you know, the last now, let's see, five years, he's been over 55% of the defensive snaps last year. is at 59.7% in the games that he played. Uh, which was down from 2022, and he was at 68.4%, which is like, that's a crazy number for an interior defensive lineman like Grove. Um, but absolutely, I mean, it, this isn't a he's – no, he's not a secret anymore right. to the people who are really paying attention. And the people who are really paying attention are NFL general managers and pro scouts and coaches and people who, you know, watch the film and, and for sure. you know, pass those things along and – Tell anyone who who will listen, man, that number ninety is really good. I like that you mentioned that because he was kind of the the secret weapon we had here. And one of the things that I always love to watch, I'm sure you guys can agree with, is watching Grove go up against Quentin in training camp. Mm-hmm. And I always thought that when Danico Autry was here, that was must watch every time you were out there. And Grove kind of slid right in there, and that's what really proved to me this guy belongs in that, you know, in that realm because, you know, Quentin arguably one of the best guards to ever do it and it is a f- dog fight when those two go up <laughs> every single time out yeah. of camp. And that is must watch <laughs> football for sure, kind of that game within the game. I want to go back to something you talked about Casey with the Forrest Buckner. He's going to be planting that flag in the Grover Stewart, you know, free agency <laughs> stock if you will. Without Stewart, what kind of player would Buckner be? And I'm not saying, you know, DeForest Buckner is so dependent. His success is, is hinged upon Grover Stewart's uh, presence. That's not what I'm getting at at all. But when those two guys are out there together, how much better do they make each other in, in the running game? 100%. I mean, like we're going to – I mean, DeForest Buckner is a game-changing defensive tackle. That, that is not going to change whether De, whether Grover Stewart's out there or not. I mean, who are you going to double, right? right? But that is where the, that's where the big question comes in. I mean, there are times when Grover Stewart was not out there, and you look at the amount of bodies they put on ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's unreal. So that is one thing that Grover Stewart does is it allows DeForest Buckner to take on a double team and get through it because that's the type of player that that DeForest Buckner is. So that is the kind of thing, and that's not going to show up in the box. Score. Exactly. Those are the kinds of things that you know. You look at a guy and you're like, oh, he had a down year, and you look at certain things, and you're like, well, this is the reason why. If you're getting triple teamed, good luck getting anywhere. I mean, Aaron Don- look, just watch what Aaron Donald does when he is doubled and all that stuff. That is what DeForest Buckner deals with every week with Grover Stewart out there. So it, it's one of those things that, you know, Grover Stewart definitely helps allow 99 to go out and do a little bit more than, you know, what your typical defensive tackles can. I will say, in a hat tip to DeForest Buckner, some of his best games as a pass rusher came without Grover Stewart on the field. Sure. Like he took sure. that on. 
You look at what he did against Carolina, five pressures, but he did against New England, six. Against Tennessee, the last game Grove missed, he had six. Those are, let's see, three of his five highest totals of the season. You know, there there are games in there where, yeah, you only had two, you know, against New Orleans. He had two against Tampa. Um, but, you know, ha- in a hat tip to DeForest Buckner, like, he still found a way. Oh, yeah. Now, it wasn't easy. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, right. but – those are games where you that's where you see that leadership and that veteran quality that yeah, Buck brings. Right. Like, you know what? Grove being out is not an excuse for me. I still have to take care of my own and I need to kind of lead from the front here. And yeah. he did a you know, he had a couple heck of heck of impactful games in that stretch. And something else that we should mention when you talk about Grover Stewart and his profile, he just he answers the bell. The durability, the availability, right? Sounds so cliche. The best ability is availability. But before Grover's suspension, right, he missed six games. But before that, he had started 69 straight. So how much is the dependability of Grover Stewart? How much does that factor into his free agency stock, Casey, especially considering the, the position that he plays and the amount of wear and tear that he racks up? That's that's exactly where I was going. Is When you look at the position he's playing, I mean – it's it's a car accident every single time that ball is snapped right there up the middle, and he's out there every single snap. It's funny, when he came back from his, his suspension, one of the things they asked, he said, hey, man, I've had six weeks to heal up. I'm ready to play every single snap. If you need to play offense, I'm ready to go. And that's the kind of player he is. He doesn't want to be on the sidelines, and his durability is definitely something that should be taken in, into – I mean, it, it's one of those things, as we talk about, you, your best availability is, is if you're out there on the field. And Grover Stewart, outside of the suspension, and he's out there on the field. Yeah. Grover Stewart played, by the way, seventy-one percent of the snaps in the Colts season finale. <laughs> there I mean, you go. he was—he <laughs> like, do, do not take him yeah, off the field. I'm, I'm out here. Ready. Now that—that's important though, because Grove will be thirty-one in October. So if you're signing him to an extension, you do need to factor in he's, he's on the wrong side of thirty. Right. But a guy who takes care of his body the way that Grover Stewart does, the guy who's been as dependable as he's been, uh, you know, certainly the Colts training staff and the front office have a good idea of maybe how to project that out in terms of, you know, injury prevention, rehab, prehab, all those different things. Uh, that has definitely been a strength of him and, you know, could very well still be right. a strength of his, you know, going into his 30s. Well, you know, to, to put a bow on all of this conversation, I'm, I'm going to steal Rick Venturi's thunder because I know he's he's obviously been all over this. I mean, when you watch these games, when Grover Stewart's out of the lineup, teams are able to just run the ball more effectively and more efficiently against the Colts. And that goes back to the 3.7 versus the 4.7. That's a yard, that's a full yard difference yeah. in the running game allowed. I mean, it sounds like it's not that much, but it is. I mean, it's a full yard yeah. difference. And it, it's so important on first and second down. You know, when Eric Johnson's in the game, when Taven Bryan was in the game, there was just JJ a noticeable. I mean, you didn't have to be a football savant to see it. There was a noticeable difference in the Colts' ability to stop the run when Grover Stewart and DeForest Buckner were on the sidelines getting a breather and getting some water. Yeah, and you just you think about how opposing offenses approached it, and you talk about you know the efficiency and all that, but it was just the willingness to run it. Yeah. I mean, the, the Browns ran it 33 times. The Saints ran it 36. The Panthers ran it 28 times, even though they were chasing that game for a good chunk of it. Then the Patriots ran it 36 times. The Buccaneers only ran it 19, kind of a weird game there, and then the Titans ran it 42 times. Yeah. So it was just that willingness to say, yeah, no, we can go run it. You look when Grove came back, Bengals ran it 32, Steelers ran it 24, the Falcons 30, 
the Raiders 25, the Texans 28. It's just like there is less of a willingness yeah. there to run the football when mm-hmm. number 90's in yeah, because point. you great don't point. think, yeah. even if you have a, a really good run scheme that you like, you're like, ah, we could throw it for five or we could run it and maybe we get three, but we might get zero. We might get negative one. Then we're sitting at second and ten behind right. the chains. There are not a lot of offensive coordinators who are willing to just sit there yeah. and pound it when Grover Stewart's in the game. And they got eyeballs on him on the sideline too. And just like when he comes into the game, that that entire approach, play calling wise, it definitely changes when he's out there. Great stuff. Grover Stewart, and I agree with you. I think Casey, you said it. You gotta bring him back just for the laugh. You gotta yeah. bring him back just for the the chicken wing conversation. <laughs> we were talking about that before the Super Bowl. Who has the best wings in town? Guaranteed Grover Stewart oh, didn't have to worry 100%. about that. He's making his own on Super Bowl <laughs> yeah, Sunday. Yeah, you're coming to him. I mean, people might have said, hey, do you have an Uber Eats thing? Because we'll, we'll, we'll pick up. We'll do whatever we need to get some of them. So no one, one of my favorite things with Grove is just how like affably matter-of-fact he is. You ask him, you know, like when, when he came back, like, what did you miss the most? And you just get this grin and just like, man, just like hitting someone. Like, like that's all he has to say. Right. And you're like, yep, that's, that Grove is the is perfect Grove. answer. He's you know, a man he, of few words. Yep. <laughs> but I, those few words are I always a yep. treat no to doubt. listen to. I flew in a helicopter with him. We were going to the, the Colts uh, oh, minor yeah. league baseball thing, you know, the marketing deal. Flew in a helicopter from Indianapolis to Fort Wayne, which is like a 25-minute helicopter ride. Incredibly cool. But it was even better with Grover Stewart because he was just laughing the whole time. <laughs> he had a big old smile on his face. Oh, yeah. you know, I was like, oh, that's my house right there. I'm like, this is like the best 20 minutes of my life right here. So cool on so many different levels right there. Hope you're back, Rover Stewart. You're a good man and a hell of a ball player. Hey, coming up later this week, we'll talk more about great ball players for the Colts. That would be Julian Blackman, a uh, running mate of Kenny Moore in the secondary. We'll talk about how important he is to the Colts' success in that secondary for next season. We'll discuss all of that and more later this week here on our Colts Free Agency Preview Podcast. But for J.J. Stangovitz, Casey Valier, now you got me hungry for chicken wings, boys. Me too. Well, Parmesan, garlic, whatever you're, uh, whatever you fancy, we'll get it done here. I'm Matt Taylor, and we will talk to you later this week here on the Colts Audio Network. So long.